God's people on today's show, we revisit a topic from two episodes ago about cutting corners, all because I got nothing to prove to you. That's right. I ain't got nothing to prove to you. That's going to make sense in a minute. But yeah, we talk about that topic and even read a little article before I talk about the life that you never had. We talk about it from two perspectives and we also get social in between. So um, we going to answer the question, how much money is a lot of money to you? Or at least we going to try to answer it while you sit back, relax and enjoy. The inspiration. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher. Let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you. Let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. How y'all feeling out there today, man? What's going on, people? I'm excited to kick it with y'all today, man. Um, What's today? Uh, It's the Tuesday before the show drops on Wednesday, so I'm recording this the day before. And um, yeah, if like... I'm ready. I'm excited to be doing more things, you know, as the world opens back up. You know, I've, you know, I've been doing stuff for a while, if I'm being honest with y'all. But, um, you know, the more stuff opens, the more things there are to do. So that's exciting to me. And, um, yeah, we had a good weekend. I went to my sister's graduation. I told y'all about her uh, summa cum laude. You know what I mean? 3.9 GPA. Shout out to my little sister, Mylan. And, um... Yeah, man, we doing big things. The whole fam got together. That was real cool just to have everybody um, chilling and relaxing and, you know, a few hundred people at a real life graduation. It was at an outside theater, but it was real cool, man, just to be around people again. And um, just like when we traveled, you know, a month or so ago, it's like people acting like people. It's cool to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, real cool to me. And um, I'm just looking forward to that. I got to trip to Atlanta coming up later this month. So it's be my first business travel in a while. I think I mentioned that, but yeah, so I'm excited to get back on business travel, just everything. That's how I'm feeling. Um, just kind of excited and feeling good that things are opening up. And, um, what else is going on, man? Um, busy week at work as usual. Um, shout out to everybody that's a part of the text family. Um, we had some people that were trying to join and they weren't putting all the words together and, you know, we worked that out. So thank you to everybody who emails me with questions and thoughts and things about the show. If you want to reach out to me, hit me up, Music at gmail.com. Again, that's Jermaine, J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E, Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N, music, M-U-S-I-C. It's all together as one word, no spaces, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. We appreciate all the love, and I'm asking you, please do share this show with a friend, family member, someone who needs to be inspired. Today, we're going to cover on a couple of topics, and I'm excited to dive right into them. First things first, though, a couple of weeks ago, like two episodes ago, uh, I think that was episode 124. Yeah, this is 126. I had Toya on the show, Latoya Early, and we talked about cutting corners in business. 
I got a lot of feedback from that show, so shout out to y'all. Thank y'all for hitting me up. Let me know what y'all thought. And um, there were a few people, though, you know what I'm saying? I was like, uh, I'm a little confused, bro. Like, I feel like I cut corners, and I don't feel like it's a bad thing. And I'm confused about, you know, like, the whole conversation. So, cool. So, I had been reading on the topic as well, because I do know it could be a tricky topic because some people feel like, what's the difference between cutting corners and just doing something quicker? Like, bro, I'm just getting the job done quicker. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's this article I want to read, just a couple paragraphs. We have spent three to five minutes on this because I know we talked about this already. And then we'll dive into some other um, dope topics. So this article is on theconversation.com. It is from December 6th, 2016. It's titled, um, the headline is, "There are These are the characteristics of people most likely to cut corners at work. Written by Peter O'Connor and Peter Carl Jonasson. So we're just going to skim through a couple of parts of this um, article. If you want to read the entire thing, then feel free to go to theconversation.com and search that. Um, and I've never been on this website before, so I have no idea what else they have or what they talk about. But I did want to get them credit. Oh, there it is at the bottom of, of the page. The Conversation is a news organization dedicated to facts and evidence. There you have it. That's self-proclaimed. All right, so here's what this article says. Surveying more than 1,000 Australians and Americans, we found approximately one in four employees regularly cut corners. All right, this is going to hurt, fellas, right here. Men are slightly more likely to cut corners than women. So that's just giving you an idea of how they came to these results. They surveyed more than 1,000 Americans and Australians. Now, as it relates to cutting corners at work, They describe it as this. Cutting corners is a workplace behavior characterized by skipping or avoiding steps important to a task in order to complete the task sooner. All right. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Let let me just say this first. So for clarity, right, the way they're at least defining cutting corners is it's it's characterized by skipping or avoiding steps that are important to the task. So that's my first issue with it, y'all. You're not skipping stuff that don't matter. You're skipping things that are actually important to whatever is being done. All right. It's like if somebody got like, ladies, imagine you getting your hair. Uh, like, I know everybody get different hairstyles now, so I don't know a good example. But let's say you like you getting you getting your hair uh, braided and like the stylist. They do all the braids, but they don't tighten them at the end. So it's like, oh, I got done quicker. Like, there you go. You done because I got to get to these other clients. But then the problem is they cut a corner on something that was important to finish the job in order to get it done sooner. So for anybody who had issues with just, you know, just understanding what we meant by cutting corners or at least what I meant um, as it relates to cutting corners is really about skipping things that are important. You feel what I'm saying? Um, Now, a couple other things I'm going to point out in this article. First, it says um, corner cutting is generally considered an undesirable behavior with research linking it to a range of negative outcomes such as low job performance, safety violations and serious injuries like this. This is the thing that people don't like understand when we talk about cutting corners. 
Like, it's really dangerous. You feel what I'm saying? Because you're not doing something that's important. I'm going to leave that at that. If you want to check out that um, complete article, it goes on to talk about other things. Um, one of the things it does say, it links cutting corners to being narcissistic and a manipulator. So that was pretty deep to me. Like, wow, like, man, I can, I can see it. You narcissistic because cutting corners is selfish. And I'm going to tell you why. Imagine, like, because you're thinking about you. You're thinking, like, I need, I need to get this done. So as it relates to work or a service or something, a business you're providing, you're cutting the corner. You're not, you're not cutting anything from yourself. You're giving yourself more of what you need, which is time, because you want to get it done sooner. But you're taking something from the other person. So that's the one problem I have with cutting corners is that it benefits you while, while inconveniencing or, or taking advantage of someone else. And I think it's easy to draw the line as, and see how that can also be linked to manipulation. Cutting corners is bad in business, if you ask me. But hopefully that helps anybody who was second-guessing what I said. It's time to get social. Let's get social. It's time to get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Guys, people, we back for the second week in a row to check out my Facebook page. We back in the second week in a row to see what the people say. Yeah. All right, y'all. I got a question. Ask the simple question on Facebook. Sometimes it's funny to me because you can ask like the most simple question in the world and people will <laughs> like, all right. The way people answer a question tells me so much about their personality. It don't make no sense. Like you get some people, you ask them a question. Some people like, you know, I, I'm a deep thinker. So I like people that have a, a deep, well thought out, like they might be pulling back a layer. That don't mean that's what everybody got to do. And you get some people that just straight to the point. And then I'm going to tell you the funniest people to me. There are people who like, try to trip you up on your question, it's like, <laughs> y'all be funny, man. Like, don't try to trip me up, bro. Don't think I'm asking. I, you know what I think it is? I think people feel like you trying to trip them up. Like, let me, hold on. Before I answer, let me ask him a question. I love y'all, though, and I love the questions. Keep them coming. Uh, here it was. I asked on Facebook, how much money is a lot of money to you? Specifically to you. Because money is one of those things that is relative. I think sometimes we try to act like a lot of money or the way we all view money is the exact same. And that's just not the case, man. And this wasn't a right or wrong um, type of question, but it was just something I wanted to understand how people think psychologically about money. So let me read a couple of the tom comments. Thomas, I can talk. All right, the first one is from Latoya Early, who I was just talking about, who joined me on episode... 124. So let's see what type of person Latoya is when you ask her a simple question. How much money is a lot of money to you, Latoya Early? And this is what she says. In my account or in general? You know what? 
It's the difficult people like you, Toya, a friend of the show. Check out at uh, Latoya early on Instagram. She got to ask a question. I'm like, all right, in general, I think good question though. So then she says, this is really making me think. Having a lot of something is really based on its use. So it's hard for me to answer because if my expenses are a million, then that's no longer a lot. If, if I had to, I'd probably say anything over 10 million, I'd say then I have a lot of money. So for Latoya, she gave all these little disclaimers. Again, I like deep thinkers. I like people who peel, pull back layers. Uh, so that's perfectly cool. She said $10 million is a lot of money for her. Um, not mad at that. Um, let's see what someone else says. Um, a lot of people said this, um, these type of things, and I'm not going to quote anybody in particular, but a lot of people talked about having enough money to take care of their children and their grandchildren. And that is particularly a interesting answer to the question to me, mostly because, and I love all of y'all who said this, but you never actually told me how much it was. <laughs> so it's like, hey man, this is why I do this type of stuff. Just ask questions to see what type of person. Like, I'm like, okay, so some of y'all are the kind of uh, people that doesn't actually answer the question, but you give like, you give context to your answer without answering it. The question was, how much? <laughs> how much? I love y'all. All right, let's keep it moving. I'm going to read a couple more. Um, Carisha Adele says, thought-provoking for me because as a youth, I was frivolous with my spending habits, regular hair appointment once a week, nails, apparels, that I couldn't dare be seen in more than once, not knowing much about investment, saving, or retirement plans for my future, like who does in their youth. I know for a fact I will ponder over this question for days to come. So here's the one thing, here's the thing. One can be a billionaire and be miserable and then one can live very modestly yet comfortable and have joy deep down inside. All right, that was a lot and I love a lot. Her final answer, a lot of money for me wouldn't necessarily be a certain amount. Yet I want my children, my children's children and generations to have a great foundation, so on and so forth. So shout out to Carisha Adele. These are my favorite type of answers. She still didn't answer the question because she never gave an amount. But it was peeling back the layers like Toya did and thinking and talking through like, this is the type of person I am. I want people to think beyond the surface. You asking yourself, why? Why do we have to think? Because God gave you a powerful mind, a sound mind. Like, he wants you thinking we got this powerful brain. And you know what? I'm just going to say this. For me personally, one of the things I don't necessarily love about our society today is people want you to do things without thinking. People want to tell you stuff and want you just to do it without thinking. And um, I, that's a problem for me. I'm a critical thinker. I think critical thinking is important because look, we just, look at the year we just went through. Let's just say this. I know I don't talk about a lot of this stuff because I don't like getting into divisive topics and People get emotional and all messed up, so I stay away from it. But one thing I know for sure is if you never needed critical thinking before, you needed it this year. Because there's a lot of things that happen that you got to think through for you and your family. Who are you going to believe? Do you wear this? Do you not wear it? Do you take this? Do you not take? All these things to consider that require critical thinking beyond just somebody flashing on the screen and telling you to do something and you just do it simply because they said do it and they presented themselves as an expert. I'll leave that at that. 
All right, let's read one more of these. Who do I want to? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to read this person. I'm a, I got a Keely Prince. This was hilarious to me. Nobody answering. Thank you, Keely, for also pointing out that nobody was answering the question. $100 is a lot of money to me because if I lose a $100 bill, I'm going to cry. I may not be as upset with losing less, though. All right. Keely Prince says there's $100 is a lot. And then Des Chanel says $250,000 gets my attention. I love the way she put that. Gets my attention. All right. Look, the whole purpose of that exercise was really for me to just learn how do people think, right? I love to know how do people around me think, whether it's my real life circle, social media circle. But also I'm asking you, right? How much money is a lot of money to you? The reason I'm asking you that is because money is one of those interesting things that we have, but we never really put a lot of time into understanding it. People can have money and not understand it. And it's so intriguing to me, like that we just, like a lot of us, we always talk about who's a millionaire, who ain't a millionaire. Do you realize that a lot of us have had a million dollars touched through our hands? Okay, here's the other question I want to ask you, then we're done with this topic. How much money do you think you've had in your life? Now, I want, whether you got to do calculations, like, all right, I had this job for five years, and I used to make, I just want you, I just want you to think about how much money have I had in my life? If you've made $50,000 a year, for the past 10 years, you have actually touched a half a million dollars, right? Now, of course, that goes up and down depending on how much you've made and the different jobs you've had, the different things you've done. But my point is some of us have touched more money than we think we have, but because we don't know how we think about money, we just spending it without thinking and we just going where people tell us to go, doing what they tell us to do. And there you have it. We maybe have been a millionaire and didn't even know it. Now, remember how I told you a lot of the people answered the question talking about their children and their grandchildren and some people like giving people the life they never had. Or the, and I was like, you know what? Like, it made me want to go deeper on the topic of the life you never had. I want to talk about it from two perspectives. Number one, I want to talk about it from that perspective of the pros and cons of giving your kids the life you never had. I think we don't think about everything. And then I want to talk about it from a second perspective of the life you never had, meaning the opportunities you've passed by. Some of us have passed by so much opportunities or wasted and spent so much money, wasted so much of our time, our health, our like our faith, our spirit. Like we've wasted so much that we might not even realize that the life we never had that we were called to was a blessing. But before we do that, I want to um, play about, let's call it 60 to 90 seconds of this song um, by my producer, Darrell Red Campbell Jr. Um, this song is called Nothing to Prove, and it's actually from his project. This is all him. Um, his project was entitled Valley View the Musical. I'm on a couple of songs. I advise you to check that out at meetredonline.com. But I want to read a couple of quotes um, of these lyrics I'm going to play because I really want you to pay attention to them. Here's some of the lyrics, man. Like, um, this is one of my favorite songs ever, actually. So Red says, so what if I stand here and say everything that I feel? I don't think you will be here long enough for me to be real, but it's cool, though. 
Like, you realize how crazy that is? Like, number one, I just want to appreciate everybody who listens to this show because it really is, man, in this life sometimes, and like, we overlook the value or importance of standing and listening to somebody long enough for them to be real with you. You feel what I'm saying? Like, for me, it's like, again, you, you look at this society, it's so much you could barely talk about to people because everybody trying to be politically correct, everybody's politicizing every single topic. So it's like, you can't even talk about something and have somebody stand there long enough for you to be real because the moment they don't 100% agree with you or see it the way you see it, or what's a lot of money to you ain't the same as a lot of money to them. They just turn you off and, and keep it going. So number one, I just want to appreciate y'all uh, for being a part of the family of this podcast and rocking with me, man. We are now uh, two and a half years into this thing. Um, and, you know, it'll be three years in October. So we, you know, time moves so fast. We two and a half years, almost three years in. But it means a lot to me that we've been able to talk about a lot of topics and discuss a lot of things. And you still here kicking it with me. Although I will say this in all honesty, there are so many topics I've just said, nope, I'm good. I don't want to do it because I don't think people can handle it. I don't think people can handle you a lot of times just being real and transparent and talking about something in a way that's not politicized and that's not necessarily politically correct based on the standards of this world, but maybe biblically correct or may just be something you're struggling thinking through or brainstorming on. It's so hard to find people for that. So I love that part of the lyric. Couple more. Um, Red says in this song, I can't spend my whole life trying to fit in to what you think is cool. Most of that changes from minute to minute, and then you don't know what you think is cool. But it's cool, though. Look, man. See, the song is called Nothing to Prove. I'm going to tell you what it means to me. I might have to have him come on the show one day and tell him, uh, tell you what it means to him as a writer and producer of the song. But for me, the reason the song connects so much with me is because, and I'm just being real, man, it can be a challenge, like an internal battle sometimes just to stand on what you believe in and keep being yourself and not trying to prove something to people. You get what I'm saying? And it's like trends be, like the trends be everywhere. Like since I've been doing this show, I've, I've watched trends come and go. Remember this time last year? You remember the things that was popular to say or do, right? You remember the things that was coming on the news, the things people were out doing. I don't see people doing that no more. And that's, that's like, even when that, if you go back and listen, why that stuff was happening, why I didn't get so involved in certain aspects of this stuff. I, I focus on doing things in the community that really can help people. Cause those things that I was doing before it got popular and I like wasn't even talking about them or showing them and I'm still doing it now because for me, it's more important to actually do real stuff than to like follow trends. Right? So he like, I can't keep up with what you keep. I can't spend my whole life trying to keep up with what you think is cool. Cause then as time changes, you won't even know what you think is cool no more. People who was doing something last year, they're not doing the same thing this year. I see it. Like, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to say nothing. I, I love y'all. It is what it is. But I see the change. But it's cool, though. All right. And then the last thing. What's the last lyric I wrote down? I can't have nothing if I'm always trying to prove to you. Man. All right. I hope y'all like this song as much as I do. It's only 60 to 90 seconds. I talked about it longer than we going to play it. 
and I'll probably end the show with the most or the entire song or at least the second half of it so you can kind of hear it a little more. But man, it's just one of those songs where the lyrics speak to me. And I thank God for it because at the end of the day, I truly believe as a believer, I can't spend my whole life trying to prove people wrong. I would rather spend that time trying to prove God right because God created you with a purpose. God created me with a purpose. And I would much rather put my energy into God's purpose versus like haters or all this weird stuff that's like, oh, no, I can't really worry about that. At the end of the day, I also can't try to please everybody and I can't try to prove everything that I'm perfect. I'm not perfect. Like, it's weird, man. Sometimes I feel like on social media, we just trying to prove something to each other. It's like, oh, no, I mean, you know, I, sometimes I be fly. Sometimes I'm bummy. Like, you know, most of the times I'm probably bummy because I'm chilling. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm, I got some talent. That's cool. That's dope. I'm smart, like whatever. But I'm not the smartest person in the world. Cool. Like, I, I feel like social media has made us like we weird. We even even how we look at ourselves is weird. Like, bro, my whole existence doesn't, I'm not here to prove something to people. I'm not going to spend my whole life trying to post something to prove the next thing to people. It's like, no, I'm just out here living, bro. I'm just out here living, trying to learn, trying to, um, you know, use the gifts that God has given me to get where he wants me to go. So I ain't got nothing to prove to you by the real Red Camber Jr. Uh, when I say Camber Jr., <laughs> I can talk the real Red Campbell Jr. Check it out at meetredonline.com, Valley View the Musical. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the life you never had. Never had. Never had. Never had. Never had. So what if I stand here and say everything that I feel? I don't think you'll be here long enough for me to be real. But it's cool, though, because I ain't got nothing to prove to you. to prove by Darrell Red Campbell Jr. from his project entitled Valley View the Musical, which can be found on meetredonline.com. And that's one of my favorite songs ever, Nothing to Prove. All right, y'all, now let's talk about this topic that I've been wanting to kick it with y'all about. And uh, hopefully y'all know me good enough now. Let me just say, if you are a new listener, uh, this is episode 126. I mean, you got at least 125, really about 130, 35, because we did some half episodes in the beginning that you can go and catch up on. Go to episode one, check us out, share these shows with a friend, 
look at the titles and we might have some things that stick out that you like, okay, I want to talk about that. The difference between being uh, beautiful and pretty or, you know, the millionaire mindset. We've covered a lot of topics. And my point in saying that is um, it's kind of a disclaimer because uh, some of the things that I say on the surface, if you don't know me, it could sound like offensive or left field because you like, yo, I never heard nobody say that before. And that's what might happen right now. But I don't mean nothing but love by it because I just want you to think beyond the surface. All right. The life you never had. I've grown up in poverty. I probably used to say this. And I know a lot of people that say this. And I know there's some good intention behind it, so I'm not criticizing the thought. I'm just pushing back and challenging just a little bit, maybe to think through it deeper than just saying it or running with it because you heard it before. This idea that I want to give my kids the life I never had. I don't ever want them to have to worry about the things I worried about. I don't want them to have a care in the world. You ever heard these things before? I've heard these type of things a million times, guys, people. And I always know when I'm hearing it, it's coming from a person whose heart's desire is really in the right place. But I want to challenge that thinking today. But just walk with me, talk with me, here's why. I'll speak for myself. Growing up on Seven Mile in Detroit, you know, there were some challenging times in my life, 100% for sure. Uh, being a teenager, I've had a gun pulled out on me multiple times. I think two to be exact um, as far as actually pulled out. But outside of that, there was always, um, you know, gangs that I had to kind of maneuver walking through, um, you know, hooping in the projects, just all type of little things um, that if you want me to be real for those of us who come from the hood, we really be making stuff normal that ain't really normal. Like, it ain't really normal for a kid to have some of these dangers, or it shouldn't be normal, and it is normal. You get what I'm saying? A kid shouldn't have to worry about just getting to school and staying alive or without getting beat up or something just because they wore the wrong color shoes or hat or something like that. Or, you know, it's been times that I have been robbed before, you know, and by the grace of God, that was never like a gunpoint. Like, I... That was just, yo, we in middle school, the high schoolers got out early. They came over, stole our coats from us, and sent us into school. You know what I'm saying? Um, but my point is this. So I could say, yo, I want to give my kids the life I never had. And there's a lot of good things about that, right? Some of the good things might be, I don't want you to have to struggle, so I want to put you in a better community a better neighborhood, right? And all those things, those are the good parts of this whole giving my kids the life that I never had before. You feel me? But then it gets tricky sometimes because what we can tend to do is overcompensate and overdo it because we have our life so rooted in our mind that we're not even trying to protect our kids or prepare them for life itself. We're trying to protect them from our life. And I feel that. And I think there are some good features and good characteristics about being like that. But I want you to think about something. For me growing up in the hood, as rough as some of those things might have been, a lot of the passion that you hear from me, um, this I remember being very young and having the feeling that I'm going to get out of here, right? 
this desire to try hard in life, this desire to like keep going and never stop. A lot of that comes because I've seen and tasted what the bottom or something close to the bottom feels like. And you can't replicate that. You get what I'm saying? So some of that passion, some of those things that God allowed me to go to, go through to build my character. The only way if you take those things away, I also you're taking away some of the character I've gained and built through mistakes and falling on my face and being, you know, in these certain situations. It's kind of the same as like mistakes that we make in life. And I think we've talked about this before on the show of like the power of repentance It's so powerful because in my self-righteousness, I just wish I never would have made mistakes because I don't want to have to live with mistakes or live with the fact that I'm not perfect. But, but God is like, no, you are human, so you need me. You need my repentance. This is why I died on the cross, right? And so what am I saying? I'm saying there are things that we go through in life to make us stronger, to make us better, to build our character and our integrity. And sometimes if you take the experience away, you also take the result away. So, and for some people wanting to, to save their kids from struggling and living a life where they didn't have the right clothes for school or didn't all, couldn't always wear the best shoes, then what we do? Then we overcompensate and we give our kids things they're not ready for while they're too young. And you know what kids do. You, so your kid is in kindergarten and all they wear is J's because your kid wear J's and all, that, all these things. And so now... They don't have the character that you gained from going through what you went through and you replace some of those character building events with spoiling and making them entitled and giving them handouts. And so now they go through life expecting people just to give them a handout or they're very superficial and they haven't built any internal character or like, you get what I'm saying? It's this, it, and you, look, I'm going to just be real with y'all. Can we talk real right now? Um, a lot of times I see this with child actors and actresses. Um, you'll see a lot of the kids who came up and they became, it's almost like the younger you get famous, the more crazy you're going to be. <laughs> hey, look, you, I'm not calling nobody out. You could just go and look at it for yourself, right? And I'm not saying this is everybody, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the chances are. Like when you catch these kids that get in Hollywood super early, man, you ever look at they, how they be living life? And it's no slight to them. It's just that uh, they might have had the life. They, they parents might have pushed them in Hollywood because it was like, you going to live the life I never had. And it's like, ooh, the life you never had. Oh, also doesn't come with the character building events. It doesn't come with the things that made you stronger, that made you think the way you think, right? And so what we're really doing to a lot of our kids is we're robbing them of substance. We're robbing them of the opportunity to build character the way that we had the opportunity to build character. And I'm not saying keep your kids in the hood or don't take them to the best schools. But what I am saying is, like with this idea of money, like we were talking about earlier. Man, if you just going to give your kids money, you, you might want to teach them financial literacy first. And I'll tell you why. In all the books that I've read about finances, any book that ever covers generational wealth, 
they always speak to the fact that the second generation typically blows the money that the first generation gained and built. Why is that? Because if you're the person who built it, right, you built the business, you let, let's just give a hypothetical situation. So you're a business person and, you know, you have this idea. OK, let's just use Inspire God's People since we listen to it. OK, so. All right. I got this idea. Inspire God's People. I put my blood, sweat and tears into it. I'm recording every week. I'm like, you know, coming here with ideas and building it around this character and integrity and trying my best to do it God's way. I'm not even concerned about money. I don't even make money doing this. Here I am two and a half years in, um, never have gotten a check for it, have, you know, gladly received donations from those who want to freely share, but never pressure people or anything like that. I'm just doing it, whatever, whatever. Now, let's say down the line, God opens the door, something happens. I have a great business idea. And somehow Inspire God's People creates these great Christian business opportunities. And man, let's just say, oh man, multi-million dollar business now, right? And then I have the perspective that I'm going to give my kids the life I never had. So then now later on in life, I'm like, all right, here you go, Junior. It's your turn. Run it. And Junior looking like, um. Now, I don't want to get up in the morning and record a podcast before or after work later. After, no, I don't want to do that, daddy. Because uh, you gave me the life you never had, which means all I know is I just get stuff. I ain't never really had to do nothing to get it. Like, I just got stuff because remember, daddy, you felt like you worked so hard to get stuff, daddy, because you've been working since you was 13. Your first job was a little janitor's assistant. At 13 years old at Wayne State University in the little school program. And you've been working every year since you was 13. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how do 13-year-olds even get jobs, daddy. I ain't never had to do that. So all that work ethic you tried to build over the years and all the things you had to grow through, I ain't never had to grow through that because, see, I got the life you never had. So I ain't never had to do that. So now what I am going to do for you, daddy, your business going to get ran in the ground because I'm not trying to inspire a doggone thing. But what I am going to do is go spend this money on these shoes and clothes and the cars. And I'm a stunt until I can't stunt no more. What's my point? A lot of times the second generation wastes the money because the first generation never gave them the skill set to actually carry on the baton of the business. Now, there are plenty of business people who teach their kids the right way and their kids take on their business and do an amazing job. But my point, uh, example of that is like Forever 21 is a family-owned business. We've talked about them on this show. They're actually Christians as well. And I know that they brought their daughters into the business. Now, some kids may not want to be in the business. And there's a lot of other factors in life that I know I can't cover everything. And this topic is probably going to make people mad. And y'all going to email me and like tell me what's so wrong about it. I get it. I welcome that. That's fine. But what I am telling you is, it's not as simple as giving your kids the life that you never had. Now, there is ways to do this that I believe like, and here's what I mean, right? So it's like, all right, Jay, because I think this is going to be one of them topics just like cutting corners where like people going to hear it a certain way. And I'm not mad at you because I know it's a complex maybe topic, especially when here's what happens with some of the things that I say on this show. Because nobody else has ever said it to you, like it's it's really if you want me to be real, you might need to spend a whole day before you even respond to me 
to just try to digest what I'm saying in the heart, in the spirit that I'm saying it and knowing me like, all right, this coming from Jay. So let me like he trying to get me to think beyond the surface. I'm going to tell you the mistake we make a lot of times. And again, this is where that song, nothing to prove. And that idea of like, if I stood here and told you how I really feel, you wouldn't even be long here long enough for me to keep it real. Why? Because most of us, we react out of defending ourselves. So if you are a person that has walked around or has taken an approach that I want to give my kids the life I never had. And, and again, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that all the way. So don't don't take it like that. But when you say that, I want you just to think through it. Right. But some of us, the moment we hear something that is opposite of what we currently feel like, we just defend it and lash out against it without taking it in. So I'm asking you before you get mad, you know, and if you get mad later, you just get mad. I love you still. But what I'm telling you is think about what I'm saying and think about the fact that like, okay, if I'm going to give my life, my, my kids a life I never had, I need to find a way to still instill the lessons that I did have in them. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that I've talked about is like, okay, at this point in my life, me and Tiff have talked about this. At this point in our life, we have kids, you know, Lord willing, if we had kids, when we have kids, let me say it that way. When we have kids, like my kids will start <laughs> at a part, a point in life that I never got to until right now. Like, think about that. Like their starting point took me my whole life to get to. So I'm trying to think like, okay, they're starting here. If I would have started here, I wouldn't trust me. Like, no, nah, bro. I needed to grow to be able to, uh-uh, no, nah, we can't start right here. Like, cool. But, all right, cool. God, you trusted me. So with my children, me and my wife talk about, like, all right, maybe what we'll have to do, because we not going to send them to the hood school or send them to a lesser, whatever. like, no, we're not going to do that. But what we might have to do is say, okay, let's make sure we have some time once a quarter, whatever it may be. Let's go and spend some time. Uh, in a homeless shelter, to volunteer, let's go uh, to a food bank and donate and, and teach our kids the value of giving back to a community that maybe they have never been directly from, but to also sh show and teach them this is where your parents come from and also never look down on people just because they have less than you because we don't want you to see yourself through the lens of what you have, right? Now, understanding you got the life I never had, but it's my responsibility to give you all the lessons I ever learned. So, yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to take you and put you in the right school. Yeah, you know, you're not now you're not about to just get J's for no reason. I also don't have to just shower you with unnecessary, luxurious gifts before you can handle them without teaching you the value of the substance of who you are. Because let's just be real. We do that. And then we be wondering why our kids can't see themselves. For, and I'm saying kids, man, come on, it's, ah, it's some of us all the way grown and we act, uh, should I say it? Ah, oh, no, you already, no, don't say it. I got to talk to myself. Hold on, I got to have a meeting. Don't say it, bro. No, you don't want to say that. No, oh, you already, no, you are, you borderline right now making somebody mad. Okay, so I'm, honestly, if I was you, I will just go to the second half of this whole little situation because. You're you going to mess around and lose listeners. You know that, right? No, I'm not going to lose. They've been listening. All right. All right, cool. All right, we good. You know what? Let's leave that there. 
The life you never had, that's the first side of the coin. That's heads. Now let's look at tails, right? Man, this is where it gets even deeper. This concept of the life you never had. Ah, man. All right, I don't want to make y'all mad. I love y'all. All right, so one of the things that I believe should drive us and keep us going, right, is number one, just this opportunity to live. Like God has gifted us with this, with this day. And I try my best to like be mindful of that every day. Like this is a gift. Could you imagine if somebody gave you a gift every day, how you would feel? That's what God does when he wakes us up in the morning. It's like literally waking up every day and it's like, oh, here's a Rolex. Okay. Here's a Bentley. Like your life is more valuable than those things. So that would, every day we wake up, God gives us this gift. And so for me, I'm like, all right, let me handle the gift right, right? Let me, now, of course, I done messed up the gift. Don't, let's not even get into it, okay? I would be embarrassed. I, I done messed up the gift, okay? Just know I ain't no different than you. I done failed. I done, man, listen, mistake after mistake, points in my life where I would be embarrassed. Like, oh, how was I ever like that? Yes, I'm same way. Me and you, we on the same page. We been there. We done that, right? But what's my point at the end of the day? What drives me is that I, I never, uh, I don't want to get to the end of this life and know that God had a better life for me. Could you realize how tough that would be for me to get to the gates of heaven and God took a moment to show me the life I never had? If he was like, hey, you know what, Jay? I had created you. Like when I created you, I had some things in mind that you were supposed to do. Let me show you the life you never had. Let me show you, remember that time you were being lazy and you were supposed to start this podcast. See, I was going to use that podcast to connect you with the right people and not even just to like connect, connect you with the right people, but I was going to use your gift to bless those people. And you didn't know that somebody you was going to bless one day was going to bless you and, and it was going to reciprocate. And then it, this thing was going to happen. And then this business idea would have came or like all these partnerships or relationships would have came. And, and then look, uh, look at, look at, look right here. This was the life that you never had. And so I want us to be thinking about if we're waking up and not taking advantage of every day, we're being lazy, we're being half-hearted, we're cutting corners. Because see, it's not, see, the thing with me is like, it's not about getting to purpose at no certain speed. It's not about getting to some level. Like we never arrive. You never ever arrive in this life. You get what I'm saying? You're constantly becoming. You're, you're constantly growing into being who God wants you to be until it's over. But ultimately, every day is a journey. Even when you're successful in one area, you're going to be trying to figure out the next one. But I'm telling you, man, I'm urging people who have been lazy on their gifts. It's not about being famous. It's not about being rich. It's about being. <laughs> Oh, man, learn, plan, do, become, be. I just, look, I just want you to be so that you don't have to ever regret seeing the life you never, like what I would hate to do is to get to some point. Of, all right, can I just be real with y'all? I'm going to say it this way. I would have hated to never come down this path of starting this podcast and all these things that are happening right now, talking to y'all right now, would have just been a life I never had. 
That's deep. You got to understand that when you wake up and you live every day to the glory of God and you try every day, you don't have to be perfect, though. Take that idea out of your mindset. You don't have to reach it by a certain age, man. We put, we put like deadlines on things that don't have deadlines. If I don't have kids by this age, if I don't get married by this age, if I'm not a millionaire by this age, if I'm not in shape by this age, no. God woke you up this morning. He gave you another gift. All you got to do is unwrap the gift. You just got to take a step. You don't have to be like great overnight. You don't have to be the best overnight, but I don't ever want you to get to the point where you have to regret the life you never had. God has a plan and a purpose for you. I'm going to keep telling you this. There are some things that he wants to do for us, but he wants us to do first. And what do I mean by that? It's like a lot of times we want God to show us the result before we ever put in the effort and the work. We want him to show us something before we ever have faith. And God is saying, no, I just want you to have faith and take a step and stop worrying and learn and plan and do and become and be. I want you to go through the process, which is why this whole idea of the life you never had for your children, it means, look, don't rob them of a process. Don't rob them of an opportunity for me to build their character. Look, Jesse, don't rob David of the opportunity to be in the field with the sheep. That's where I'm going to anoint him to be king. So if you rob him of the opportunity and then you're like, oh, man, but I don't want my kids in the field. But the reason he was able to slay Goliath was because of what he built up in the field. It was in the field where he slayed the lion with his bare hands and the bear. Like this is where he became. So. Look, yes, put your kids in a better situation. I'm not telling you to miss you. Like, don't, don't have a bad judgment with taking care of your children. That ain't what I'm saying. Or for that matter, in taking care of yourself. Some of us, you trying to give yourself the life your parents never had, and you robbing yourself of the character that they built. All right, I got one last example, and I'm going to get out of here. When I was reading uh, um, the Booker T. Washington um, autobiography book, um, it, I can't even remember the name of it right now. Something was, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I can't remember it. But when I read that book, we did a whole episode on it about, I think it was episode 121 maybe. So check that out if you haven't. And we break down this Booker T. Washington story. One of the things that Booker T. talked about was that once slavery was abolished and they were, you know, building this school, um, there were, in, in the school that he built, Part of their curriculum was for the students to learn a craft. So they would, they would build. The, the students actually built the school. They, they built the furniture with their bare hands. And that was part of the curriculum of the school, right? And Booker T had parents coming to him that was like, yo, I don't want my kids to have to do labor because I was a slave. And they, my kids ain't going, I never want them to have to do that. And Booker T was like, no, nah. and I'm paraphrasing now, but he's like, no, nah, you missing the point. Like we have to prepare them to be good citizens in society. Basically he was saying, I know that you had a perverted version of labor in your life, but it has made you think that labor in and of itself is wrong. When labor has a place in this world, 
work has a place in this world. People say things like, I never want to have to work. And it's like, whoa, when do you stop working? Just because you don't go to work to an employer or something like, work is what we do. Like, God put Adam over, had dominion over the animals. Like, it's like, take care of them. That's a bunch of babies you babysit. You, it's work. Like, this idea, it's laziness, really. But this idea that you are going to, you, you've allowed a perverted experience to change the way you think about something that God created for good, man, we got to stop doing that. So don't even lie to yourself and say, you know, I don't want to have to do nothing. Like nothing? Like, I look, I get it. There are different ways to work. So you might have a non-traditional way to work or you may be a business owner. You got things like Proverb 31 woman. You taking care of, just read that. It's all kind of things you could take care of. But to say you're going to do nothing? You're literally robbing yourself and anybody that you convince to think like that, you're robbing them of opportunities to build character. Look, when Ruth was with Naomi, Naomi sent her to work in the field where Boaz was. Ruth was working when Boaz found her. But see, some of us, again, and this is where I'm saying we're now talking about you. If you're Ruth, you're robbing yourself of the opportunity because you're saying, I'm too good to go and do that. I'm not going to do that. But it's like, Ruth... If you just go and do this, I know you can't see how working in the field is going to get you found by this man. But like I'm telling you, if you just do what I'm telling you to do, because Naomi, remember, God put wise counsel in Ruth's life. Naomi was giving her the playbook on like, here, do this, do this. What I love about Ruth, Ruth wasn't questioning the playbook. She wasn't questioning the wise counsel. She was just rocking with it. Like, yo, I'm going to rock with it. And some of us, we want to halfway follow people. Like, we want to halfway, like, uh, uh, I kind of like you, but I ain't trying to uh, inspire God. I ain't trying to hear all that. And we pick and choose. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to be done. I'm, I'm going to make you mad one more time. We pick and choose because we listen to too many people. Like that. <laughs> Look, man, you can't follow everybody. When it comes to financial literacy, um, I listen to a couple of people. You get what I'm saying? When it comes to entrepreneurship, I listen to a couple of people. Like it, I don't listen to a hundred people. Half of the stuff that's going on out there now, half of the videos that circulate social media, all that. And I'm not saying I'm better than somebody because I don't. The point I'm making is I literally can't fill my head with that much conflicting information because it's too many directions. I can't go nowhere. Some of us are, we are watching and listening to every single thing to the point that we don't even know what to do. We can't do nothing because you listening to me and I'm saying doing this and then you listen to him and her and they saying doing that. So then you just stay still. You don't go nowhere because you don't know what to do. And, and, and the, the thing about this life is you got to make a choice. Am I going to inspire God's people? Or am I going to, oh, this little secular worldly joint over here that's saying do this and that, do this dance, whatever, I'm going to do that. You got to make a choice. I'm not even saying you got to choose me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being real. I'm not even saying choose me. I'm just saying choose something. Choose something, do something. All right, I think I've, that, yeah, that's, yeah, I've probably made y'all, right, right then I'd have, I've inspired somebody and you gotta, I got nothing to prove to you. <laughs> I'm joking, man, I'm joking. Hopefully you have enjoyed this show. I got nothing but love for everybody who listens to this show, especially if you are listening and hearing my voice right now, because that means you are one of about 75% of the people who listen to the entire show. That's a high number, by the way, and I really do appreciate the people who rock with me from start to finish. Um, 
Yo, y'all know what it is. Check out my music by searching J Will Music. It's all one word, no spaces. J W I L M U S I C. That's available on Spotify as well as Apple Music. You can also check out this podcast, Inspire Guys People, um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. You can also just Google Inspire Guys People or always go to inspireguyspeople.com, which is going to be under construction soon. I got nothing but love for you. I mean, I got nothing. What? I mean, wait, I can talk. Hold on. I can sing. I can do this. Hold on. I got nothing to prove to you. I got nothing to prove.